and he hits the most P-roll of a shot and he just slips past the keeper and the whole place loses their minds. I think that the price of going to Hallam um, was probably the lowest I've ever paid for a football ticket. He, he must have heard it because like he, the player who actually scored looked at me and said, like for, for every, every football fan, it's one of those places that you, you know, you, you make a pilgrimage to, you know. Hello and welcome to the Talk of the Terrace podcast. I'm Billy Bradshaw, a Boyhood Blades fan and a Sheffield Hallam sports journalist. And I'm Sean Crossley Bonehill a non-league enthusiast and adopted Sheffield lad. Being a football fan is more than just winning and losing. It's about the experience, the pre-match nerves, waking up on a Saturday morning, discussing the lineups in the pub before the game with your mates. The walk to the ground, that feels like eternity. The smell of lager and hot pies. The cheers, the jeers, the jubilation, all the despair of a goal or result. The life of a football fan will never be a dull one. Here at Talk of the Terrace, we want to delve deep into the fan experience of all the clubs around the country and chat to people who know the clubs the best. Now, football is nothing without a rivalry. But what about the world's first football rivalry? Last week, we spoke to Dylan Ralph from Sheffield FC, and now we're going to cross the city to their rivals at Hallam to talk to the matchday announcer, Chris Dixon. Let's do it. I'm uh, Billy Bradshaw and I'm joined with Sean Crossley Bonehill and we are here with Chris Dixon. Um, Chris, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and what it is that you do with Hallam FC? Uh, yeah, sure. So um, originally I'm from, uh, from Kendall up in the Lake District, uh, been in Sheffield about 10 years now. Um, I've been with Hallam for the past two and a half years now um, and I am the match day announcer and this is my, comes into my second season. Uh, and kind of what is it that your your job entails and what would kind of what would be the things you do on a match there? Um, so, so basically my job entails um, uh, it's sort of sort of twofold. So curating all the music that happens in the in the ground. So um, during the week, I will compile uh, a new playlist for each game. Um, I'll try and feature as many sort of Sheffield bands as possible and um, feature as many. Um, sort of new and upcoming uh, bands as, as possible to give them a bit of a platform as well. Um, and as well, I'll write up uh, sort of notes to um, sort of read out to the crowds and it's a bit of a pre-match amble. So on a match day, so on a typical Saturday match day with a three o'clock kickoff, I'll arrive around half 12. So I'll arrive, arrive at the ground, get my sort of equipment set up. So um, delete uh things I play with the music off, so uh, take a laptop and a tablet, link them both up to the speakers, um, make sure the microphones are working, uh, make sure it all sounds good. Um, we've had a couple of situations in the past where we've been all sort of ready to go with, um, yeah, with, with, with all our music and stuff, and yeah, there's been buzzings here, there's been things that haven't sounded quite right, so we take a bit of time to do a bit of a sound check, so um so yeah, there's that. Um, so leading up to the match, so about half an hour before, I'll I'll address the crowd and give them a, a welcome to the ground. It's the oldest ground in the world, so I like to remind people of that. Um, give them a bit of a spiel about the the game, what's happened previously with Hallam, 
Um, I talk a little bit about the opposition. Um, it's quite quite respectful to do so, I think. And yeah, do a bit of uh, housekeeping with people, sort of tell them when, when the bar's open, when the food's on, um, you know, what, what time things are open until and that. Um, then about 50 minutes later, I'll announce the teams, uh, announce the referees as well. Then just before kickoff, I'll play our um, play our walkout music as the players come onto the pitch. Do another quick uh, welcome to Sandy Gate and go through the starting lineups. And yeah, then obviously we have kickoff. So any any goals that are scored, I'll announce. Um, any substitutions, I'll announce as well. Uh, do the raffle at half time, which isn't as, as thrilling as it sounds. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, go through a couple of bits and pieces as well as so any kind of announcements which need to be made at half times so like your birthday shout outs and then sort of upcoming fixtures as well um, then full time just thank the crowd for, for coming um, you know announce the attendance on the way through the second half and uh, yeah full time take all my gear down put it away and sometimes if the chap who usually does it isn't here I'll do the amount of the match presentation in the bar as well. So yeah, generally, generally quite quite busy on a match day. Uh, you talk about you know Sandygate being the oldest ground in in the world. Uh, how does mm. it feel to work at you know such a historic place? And do you kind of feel the history when you work? Yeah, yeah. Like I feel genuinely privileged to be the you know the match day announcer at you know the old the oldest ground in the world. Like you know, um, it's. It, it, it is an honour. Like it, it's like for for every, every football fan, it's one of those places that you you know you, you make a pilgrimage to. You know, we get people from all over the world coming to visit, um, and you know you would get ground hoppers every other game coming to see come see matches and do tours and stuff. And, and yeah, you, you do you do feel you do feel the weight of the history in the ground, especially when you walk around. And um, when, it, when it's a bit quieter, you just think how many people have sort of walked through walked through the gate. And uh, come and come and watch come and watch games. We, we still have the well, we still have the, the original pitch there. So yeah, again, it's quite quite a privilege to be able to walk out onto that pitch uh, every now and again to do a do a presentation. So uh, yeah, no, I, I feel the responsibility enormously. Especially when you started, did you feel there was um, some extra pressure because of the kind of the history of the place? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean. I mean, I think I think it's I think it's with anything like like say you want to do a good job and obviously you know this going into it. I mean, I'm not I'm not the biggest fan of public speaking, um, despite the, the you know the thing that I do every other Saturday. Um, you know, you are you are speaking to you know sort of four or five hundred people, so you've got to get it right. Um, and yeah, like, like I say, it's a ground that's been there been there for a long time. There are people who've come before me and done very very good jobs and yeah you just want to continue that and yeah and sort of sort of improve it as well so yeah yeah there's definitely a lot of nerves when I, when I first came into it uh, have you have you done match day announcing against Sheffield FC yet whilst you've been there uh haven't no um so when I first came into it, it was still kind of in the throes of uh throes of COVID so there were um so I don't, I don't think we we're able to get the get the match going um until last summer and um, we did have a couple of matches called off due to the uh, due to the heat as well. So, so yeah, we've I've not had a chance to um, announce the uh, the world's oldest derby, but I'm I'm looking I'm looking forward to that potentially happening uh, in summer, uh, if not probably the summer after, because we do sort of change the uh, the location of the um, the, the derby, so it'll probably be at their place next time. So, uh, but yeah, I'm looking forward to it when it comes around. Imagine it'd be quite um quite a scary place to be on the day as well, maybe. 
<laughs> a bit, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, Sheffield FC have got a got a decent little ground down in down in Tromfield. Um, yeah, it's a bit it's a bit tighter uh, than than Sandgate. I think Sandgate you get a bit more, um, sort of, bit more kind of agency to sort of move around. But uh, yeah, it can be an intimidating place to go to. Um, uh, Sheffield FC's uh, ground, and I'm sure their their new ground when when they get it up and running will be equally as uh, as, as impressive and, and intimidating. Uh, what's kind of like the average attendance you get on a match day, or would it vary on the fixture? Um, that's a really good question. Um, in terms of attendances, it, it, again, it, it depends on 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 a few on a few factors. I I think I think like one one the weather. Um, I th- you know you know, you know non league grounds as, as charming as they are, sometimes but they can put people off. But despite that, in terms of an, in terms of attendances, we've done pretty well this season. Um, I think we're near the sort of the average average 500 mark, which some clubs, sort of two or three divisions above us, like struggle to get. Which um, which I think is a real testament to the hard work done by the volunteers and and, and by the team as well. Um, you know the, the team, you know for the level play. Yeah, as I think attractive football is the right word, but you know definitely competitive football and. Um, you know, there's some really, really good passages of play, which you know, which entertain people probably just as much as um, you, you know, games at so your bigger grounds and stuff. But you know, 500 for for our level is is is, is fantastic. So yeah, we are about somewhere between 450 and 500 in terms of average attendances, which uh, yeah, like, like I said, for the sport at our level, absolutely fantastic. Uh, how important do you think fans are for like for the lower divisions of football, and do you think they kind of make an impact on the way a team performs? Uh, I think they're massively important. I think it's just, I think it's the same anything to be honest. I mean if you you know if you're playing in front of a half empty stadium, I, I you know it's it's almost difficult to be motivated in, in, in that sense. But you know the, the, the players the players do buzz off the fans, the uh, the the management you know always always let their appreciation be known as well. Um so yeah, it is is really, really important. I mean, you know, last season we had we had a fantastic run uh winning the title of the division below. Um and and a lot of that came from just the the energy that the fans were giving off. I mean one of our um one of one of our side of the grounds called the shed end, which has been extended. That's full for its week in, week out. And and yeah, like it's it it, it makes it makes Gate more of an intimidating place to come. Um, you know, there are times where it's a wall of sound um, at that level. And, you know, with, with respect to the other teams that we have in our league, I mean, you know, it's not something they're terribly used to. I mean, there's some teams in our league who get 50, 70, 70 fans turn up and then they'll come to Sandgate and there's, there's 500, 500, 600 people there. So, uh, so yeah, I, th- I think I think I think it does does make a big difference. And um, you know, I, I mean, obviously from a commercial point of view as well. I mean, got a lot of, got a lot of fans coming in. It means more than into the club. We can reinvest and and you know make improvements to the ground. Um, you know, like, like I said, an example, you know, the shed end um, was extended during the summer just to, like I said to accommodate more fans. But we wouldn't have been able to pay for that if we weren't having having the gates we were we were getting. So, you know, it's good. It's, it make, makes the club. Makes the club self sufficient, um, and it you know it just just keeps things ticking over quite quite healthily as well. And uh, yeah, I, th- I think it shows on the pitch as well. Can um, I just add a oh, question? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> so okay. I was there um, a couple of months ago against Eccles Hill United yeah. in that two-two mm-hmm. draw, and I thought it was a really brilliant atmosphere, really nice family vibe going on. Um, 
and like the whole ground like is like you say it's electric and would what would you say um is now the plan for the the coming seasons with getting more people in how would how would you do that uh good question i mean obviously we've got the we've got the cricket club um side of things as well i'm not too sure it's going to go going to go with them and um, i think for us to go up to a high level there are certain things that have to come in line with ground grading and um, not something i'm too too versed on if i'm completely honest but um i think i think just being savvy with space to be honest i mean you know we have the bottom end of the ground where the cricket nets are or the, yeah, yeah the cricket nets and we can we can sort of accommodate more people in there and um, yeah, I'm not not too sure what the plans are sort of moving forward, but you know, we want to we want, want Sandgate to be a place where all fans can feel comfortable and all fans can sort of feel they can be their best footballing selves, which sounds a bit corny, but you know, you, like I said, now sort of shed in, you got your louder fans who'll do all the chanting and all that stuff, and you know, there are fans who just want to sit and take the game in, so we've got the main stand for that, and the bottom end of the ground is. Tends to be more used by families, so that so the kids could have a little run around and stuff. So I'm I'm not privy to any plans of uh, any potential expansion, but I'm sure um, I'm sure if if they're if, if they're, they're necessary in the future, I'm sure it's something we can we can do. And uh, how how do you think kind of Sandgate compares to other grounds in the division, or maybe division higher or lower? Um, one of the great things about teams in our league there are there are lots of lots of character in terms of um in terms of the grounds that, that you know that we, we go to um you know the, the main thing that stands out for us is the fact that our pitch is, is as sloped as it is and um, you know it doesn't surprisingly it doesn't have as much bearing on the results as, as one might think um you know you, you go you go to some grounds and it's it's very much, um, you know, they, they've made they've made the best use of the space around them, but they've had to bring in things like sort of temporary stands to sort of um, to get around sort of ground grading and things like that. So you can tell what what, what kind of stuff's new, what what kind of stuff is more sort of old. But they, I think that's the same with any grounds. But I think in terms of Sandygate, um, I, th- I think it's just I think it's just a very nice characterful non-league ground like like a, like a lot of other um, sort of grounds around us. I mean, um, Peniston Church up in Barnsley, they've got a really good really good setup. You know, pitch pitch yeah. is really nice. Clubhouse is really good. Um, so you tend to find sort of the same kind of things uh, from from each place you go. So you just each one's just got, got its own sort of like I said, a bit of character. And um, like I said, Peniston Church all theirs is literally at one end of, of the ground, and the rest is just sort of stuff around whereas we're more sort of side the pitch and you know sort of places uh, places to walk around so yeah i think yeah i think yeah it's a sort of character i think i think it's the main kind of driving point but yeah the, the main difference for sandy gate to, to everywhere else is just the massive hill we've got have you ever sort of experienced a hallam match day as a fan or have you already been there for for work um, yeah, so, so, I, so I started out as a started out as a supporter and um, went to my first game in 2016, um, which was a 2-2 uh, draw, except fairly entertaining. Um, yeah, I've, I've been in there so many times as a supporter, sort of dotted around and dotted around the ground. But in the time uh, sort of between COVID and me taking over the announcer's uh, microphone, it was very much in the shed end, uh, making noise. Um, 
saying some potentially unsavory things to uh, to opposition <laughs> players. Um, yeah, so very very much started out as a fan. I think I think that's I think that's probably the best sort of jumping off point you can you can have if you're coming in as a volunteer, like like coming for the love of the club. Um, you, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll very happily. Sort of spend, still spend my money at the club, and um, despite being a volunteer, I'll still buy drinks at the bar afterwards. I'll sort of buy merch whenever it comes out, and yeah, you know, I still commit to buying a season ticket. And um, it's still money that goes into the club. It's still revenue as well. Um, you know, so above all else, I'm still a supporter as well as a volunteer. Uh, and do you think you know the ticket pricing and the price paid for maybe food and drink at the ground is fair for the the division the club are in? Uh, yeah, yeah, I do I do to be fair. I mean, a lot of clubs in our league are charging. Sort of six pounds for for a ticket in. We're charging fiver, which which is frozen from the from the division below. Our season ticket works out. Um, we charge seventy five quid for a season ticket. I think that worked out at something three pound eighty something uh, for a for a home game. Um, you know, there's not many things you can get for less than four quid nowadays. Um, so yeah, I, th- I think I think in terms of sort of pricing for that, I think that's really good. Um, our our sort of merchandise, I think that's priced fairly well as well. I mean, our shirts we've been selling this season have been priced at like I'd say thirty quid. You know, I, I can't remember the last time I bought a shirt from a top flight team for anything less than fifty from that from that respect. So, um, and, and yeah, like, like I said, pints are you know sort of average price, or you know like sort of four four pounds anywhere between 350 to five i think um and yeah like i said we, we try and remain we try and remain competitive as, as we possibly can because we, we open the club during the week uh, as well for the locals to come in and have, have a drink as well and we we open up the uh, the club for the community to use so we have a lot of um a lot of uh, sort, of, sort of parties uh, sort of birthdays christenings etc so so we, we have to remain competitive for that anyway so and I, and I think that's reflected in the amount of bookings we have so um so yeah yes answer your question i feel like we are quite competitive uh, in, in the league sort of, sort of comparatively as well uh, it may not be maybe the same for a lower league side considering you know it's a lot cheaper but do you think the cost of living crisis has affect the amount of fans attending football games and has it kind of had an impact on the clubs um, I think I think it's affected fans to 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 a certain extent. Yes, I mean we've obviously tried to freeze our prices and you know remain as you know as financially competitive as as, as we can. Um, like we have seen a compared to last season. I don't know if it's because we took a bit of a dip in form or you know when you know we're seeing more of a an issue with the cost of living crisis more, more than more than we perhaps thought we have seen a bit of a dip in our in our attendances from from that respect so i think i think one of the great things about hallam and non-league football in general it does give an affordable um an affordable edge for football um, and people to come and come and watch football i mean um you know, I've, I've got a friend who goes to Wednesday quite quite a lot, and he's paying north like 30, 35 quid for a ticket. You know that. You know, if a if a dad, a dad and the son comes to Allen for thirty five quid, they can they can get a lot for the money. To be fair, they can, they can probably like if they're not buying a shirt or anything, they can come in and have food and go back with a fair bit of change actually. Um, so 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 for from that respect, I think that's where we're kind of contributing to the. Um, or trying to alleviate the cost of living crisis. Um, 
you know, we've had a couple of uh, Wednesday fans who've come across and United fans who've come across and said, so look, it, like, we come here, you know, because it, it's still football, um, but, you know, it's, it's, it's something something we can afford. You know, I think, I definitely think the working class football fans have been priced out of football. Um, and I think it's, I, I, I think it's a situation it's going to get worse before it gets better. And I think at the minute, like I say, non-league football, that's offering a refuge for the football fan who maybe can't afford to go to, like Wednesday United and um, purely on a, on a financial basis. So uh, yeah, just wondered if um, Sean had anything to add. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, I think that the price of going to Hallam um, was probably the lowest I've ever paid for a football ticket. I think, I, like mm-hmm. you said, I paid a fiver, and it, like on the way out, the ticket guy said, "Thank you for coming. Like we appreciate every person who comes through the door," and I, like that really like stuck with me and just that whole experience is like worth more than five pounds so paying a fiver for that and like you said it's really cheap when you go inside i think i got three pints and you would like with the entrance and the money for the beer like it comes to the same price as i'd pay for an actual match at a, mm-hmm. like a championship club or something like that so i think yeah it's it's definitely so like I'd, I'd recommend it to anyone um I'm a big avid supporter of like non-league football, and I think that Hallam is one of the standout ones that I've been to in my time of like ground hopping as such. So yeah, that I think it's 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 brilliant down there. Thank you, thank you. I mean that that's 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 something we we try we try and make sure that everyone has the the best possible football experience that that they have with us. I mean, I think that comes with having like the world's oldest ground. But in in the same sense, you know, we we appreciate the fact that. You know, people are coming to watch us, and they are they are parting with money that they've earned. You know, and we want to give them the best money for experience that they, that they can have. I mean, you know, that's that's why we get people saying thank you as as you leave because we do we do appreciate it. Like it's not something you get 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 at your bigger clubs. Um, yeah, again, it's something that um, I think I think uh, it's a United fan has touched upon when he's when he's been coming. He feels like. He feels more wanted as a fan. Like he feels feels like his his support is more appreciated. You know, he knows where his money's going. Like he's either going to paint some seats or some doors, or it's going in the it's going in the wage packet for the players to pay for the expenses and stuff. So, you know, we I, th- I think with non-league as well that there's a there's a better relationship with money. Uh, or a more fragile relationship with money than there is compared to sort of your bigger clubs and the money they can afford to sort of spend. But with us, like I said, every penny counts, and you know we 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 massively appreciate that. Um, yeah, sorry, I'm waffling on a little bit there, but, uh, but yeah. So all right, so all good. Yeah. Um, Sean, have you got any more questions before we finish up? No, I think that's 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 spot on. Uh, I just want to maybe ask one more thing, just. Um, if you got any just any stories that um any anything that sticks to mind, any mistakes you may have made or something that kind of really made you fall in love with working at Hallam? Um yeah, yeah. So I'll, I'll give you give you a couple of stories. So there's um so when I first kind of started, um where I was doing the announcing um has changed since um t- to now. So so now uh, I'm up in a gantry and I've got a much better view of the uh, at the ground but when I first started I was kind of like sort of find my feet and find my place so to speak so um, I stood at the back of the stand and there was a corner down the bottom end ball gets whipped in 
and one of our players glanced it in and they all kind of run off and I'm still in kind of fan of celebrating and I think oh crap I've got a bit of say he scored and <laughs> I didn't see he scored and, and, the, and the person next to me didn't have the best of eyesight and yeah he couldn't tell me um, who scored so I was kind of to guess based on who was getting the most kind of like high fives and stuff so I announced it as um, as, as one player and it's and he, he must have heard it because like he the player who actually scored looked at me and so I was like, I fucking scored that. So, uh, <laughs> so yeah, so it's not, not a mistake I've made, uh, I've made, made since. So, um, so, yeah, so what else we had? Um, there's, there's been some, there's been some really, really good games um, that, that we've been part of. Um, obviously, the, the promotion campaign was really, really good. Um, there was, um, I can't remember who it was against, but... Um, a lad who kind of lit the league up last last season, Iron, um, was um, on a really hot goal scoring goal scoring run. And I said down the bottom ends where you would get more sort of kids and everything else sort of congregating down there. And he's got a goal, um, runs to the corner to do a celebration. A lot of kids mob him and jump on him and sort of cuddle and stuff. And, and yeah, that was, that was quite sweet to watch. Um, yeah, yeah, really, really nice. Um, we also had a goalkeeper score um, in quite an unorthodox fashion. Um, so yeah, so we we have a bit of a habit of uh sort of signing goalkeepers, and we seem to have a worse lot with goalkeepers in terms of injuries and stuff. So, um, so uh, so our second keeper um was on the bench for us, and we'd had again crapper of injuries, and he'd come on outfield, full kitted up, and everything, everything like that, um, and Ball, ball gets boys whipped across him. He takes a touch and he hits the most pee roller of a shot ever. He just slips past the keeper and the whole place loses their mind because uh, his, his goalkeeper's come on and scored. Um, and that, the highlights are, are on YouTube. Um, I think it was against Nostal. And I, I think I said something like, Goal for Hallam. I can't believe I'm going to say this. Number 17, Sam Ogden. Something like that. Because, yeah, generally we just couldn't believe it. Like, yeah, six, like we were like 6-1 and our, and our second goalkeeper scored. So, yeah, yeah, that's that um, that that sticks out quite a bit as well. Um, is there anything else? Um, yeah, so we had a so we, we so one of our one of our former players, um, a chap called uh, Michael Bishop, um, he he passed away sort of earlier this season, um, and. The, the whole the whole club kind of sort of sort of club together uh, in mourning for him and we uh, yeah we we, we we paid tribute to him um, for you know for, for one of the games and stuff we, you know, I had to read out quite a poignant um, kind of speech about him and the whole place was silent um, I think we had a good like sort of six seven hundred in and yeah everyone to be fair to them they were quiet quiet as a mouse and observed it, observed, observed it really well we won the game as well which is really good um yeah yeah that, that was just a yeah it's a, it's a nice moment um for, you know for the club and myself as well for, for everyone to sort of observe that so uh so yeah i'm sure there's gonna be many more um yeah there's gonna be many more uh sort of stories to come but uh but yeah yeah that's uh, that's, that's what i've got for you at the minute yeah that's all we've got time for now um if you could tell Perfect. A Hallam match day, very quickly in one sentence, what would it be? Um, 
worth the money and very exciting. Perfect. Well, thank you very much, Chris. Thank you very much, Chris. Take care, mate. Take care. Bye-bye. 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 Okay, and that was a that was a very very interesting talk, and just a kind of an, an insight to what a match day at Hallam is, and the history of uh, of Sandy Gate. Sean, I know you've been to to Hallam as well as Sheffield FC, and uh, well, what did you think of your experience? Yeah, um, so obviously I'm very lucky enough to have gone to the world's oldest football ground, which is uh, not something that you can say every day, I guess. Um, yeah, I really liked it. It was really enjoyable, really nice match day vibe. There's a good family vibe. And um, one thing that I will touch upon is the fact that the people there are so nice and lovely. And on my way out, I don't know if, um, I, well, these guys remember from the interview, I mentioned that they actually said thank you for coming and we appreciate your support. And, like, you don't get that everywhere, do you? You know what I mean? You're not, as a football fan, you want to feel welcomed at a ground and yeah. you want to feel appreciated and I guess just that little subtle comment at the end of the game um, as we was leaving just made a massive difference and that sort of thing sticks with you as a football fan I'd like to think but yeah the overall experience of Sandy Gate is pretty um, well it feels very historic you know what I mean yeah. um, just being there the history of the ground um, just I don't know it's it's quite it's something that you ha- I feel like you have to experience if you're a non-league enthusiast. I feel like Sheffield FC, Hallam FC, they're the two. They're kind of like the, the big ones. Yeah, the, the, the goats, as everyone would like to say. Yeah, uh, I mean, like, you talk about feeling welcome. I suppose that's, it's not, it, it's a more common thing in, in the lower leagues. You know, the the EFL perhaps, but, you know, more so in, in the non-league. You don't really get that in the Premier League. Do you know, why do, why do you think that is? I think with the, what you get with non-leaguers, like they need you. Um, without sounding a bit, oh no, I know I don't want to come across as a bit of an idiot by saying that, but like as a fan, you are needed um, at non-league level. Um, going so up, the clubs can't really run without the fans there. They exactly rely and on it. These these people are just uh, um, touched on it last week and. Um, that a lot of these guys that go to these games um, are already football. They've already got their first team. You know, there's very few fans that actually follow it like avidly um, and that actually go week in week out. It's very Wednesday aren't playing this week, so I'm going to go to Hallam FC. Sheffield United aren't playing, I'm going to go to Sheffield FC. Um, and it's same with like Stocksbridge, Peniston Church, all these clubs around this. Yeah, stuff like that, all yeah. these clubs. A lot of them are second teams that you've kind of adopted and end up becoming a supporter of I guess um, just because of how nice it is on a Saturday just when you're not watching your team it's it's nice to go and watch it and like I don't know I feel like within the Premier League I think it's it's far removed you rarely get the owners talking to you as a fan um, you know the owners are millions of miles away or whatever in LA or they're down in China or they're unknown you know with some case in some cases with football clubs so i think that what you get with non-league is this whole community and you're a part of it and i feel like that's that as soon as you start going up through the divisions i know a, a great shout is wrexham because obviously now they've got the the hollywood owners um but i think i think as soon as you start getting to a certain level you lose that family vibe and you lose that um 
communication with everyone at the club and you just get hired stewards and you know it's not someone volunteer like vo- volunteering at vo- volunteering <laughs> um yeah it's it's all just big corporations get involved and then it becomes I'm not out of touch but yeah I feel like I'm rambling on here sorry no I, I, I think I think the main selling I think you'll agree with me on this I think the main selling point for non-league football is kind of that that community feeling and you know it, it sort of feels like a small fa- like a, a large family really doesn't it Don't you agree yeah massively yeah Um, I, I, I know you, you mentioned the fans uh, obviously Harlem FC old, world's oldest ground you'd expect you know people going there for its history same same as Sheffield FC you know the fir- world's first football club but um, do you think the number of fans they get um, is, is more than other other clubs with it within its division or do you think it's a sort of level like um, you obviously you've been so you'd know yeah no I think that because of the history of, of these clubs um, I think that yeah the unique selling point of being the world's first and all and then having the world's oldest ground and being the world's football first football rivalry um that will sell a lot more than i don't know um yorkshire main fc or something like that mm. just because and that's no offense to yorkshire main fc or or yorkshire amateurs or whatever I, they're just two clubs they might not even be real i'm pretty sure they are but um, <laughs> but yeah like the uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, this is the non-league enthusiast <laughs> talking to us now. Yeah, I know. I, I know everything. Um, <laughs> <laughs> clearly not enough. But yeah, no. What what they have is these USPs that will get them more numbers through the door, I guess. Uh, and I, I suppose. Well, we had this question last uh, on the last episode. I suppose it is the killer question again. Did you? Would you do it again at Hallamsey? Would you visit again? Would you recommend it to a friend? The first time was so nice. <laughs> I had to do it twice. Uh, yeah, no, I'd go again. Good, good. I'd, I'd I, know, recommend I, know, it. I would yeah. recommend to a friend, yeah. Well, um, I think that, that that is everything for, for today. So, yeah, I um, feel like they don't need to listen to me ramble on about football teams that no, I don't it, know anymore. <laughs> it would be, be an eight-hour podcast otherwise. <laughs> but, um, yeah, well, thank you very much for, for listening to um, Talk of the Terrace. You can follow us on Twitter at talk of the t1 and my personal twitter is at sufc bill and my personal twitter is sean reports one we just want to thank thank chris dixon again for for being a part of our podcast today uh you go follow hallam fc on twitter and instagram at hallam fc 1860 and make sure you get yourself down to sandy gate to watch hallam in action at some point not sure if the season's over yet. Yeah, the season's over now. Well, we'll so. get get yourself well, down next, next season. season. Yeah, get yourself down the next season. You feel more than welcome, and you'll have a blast. Anyway, thank you very much for listening, and we will see you later. Ta-ra.